Hey cool cats, I'm Dr. Universe, and if you're anything like me, you have lots of big questions about our world. You know, I get a lot of questions from young scientists, and the other day I got a phone call from Palouse Prairie Charter School. Hi, Dr. Universe? It's Renee Hill. Our fourth grade crew was wondering if you could use any help answering some of your science questions. Answering all these questions is a big job for one cat. That would be amazing. Let's do it. I'll send you some geology questions soon. Thanks so much. Bye, Dr. Universe. On this episode, you'll hear from our fourth grade scientists as they help us investigate some cool science questions from kids. Up next, we're exploring underwater volcanoes. This question comes from Fatima, age nine in Nigeria. Can a volcano be underwater? Matilda, what did you and your group find out? There are underwater volcanoes. Underwater volcanoes are called submarine volcanoes. Those that rise at least 1,000 meters, about 3,280 feet above the seafloor, are called seamounts. About 75% of all volcanic activity on Earth happens under the ocean. And many unique deep-sea creatures, including tube worms and even shrimp with eyes on their backs, can live in underwater volcanoes. If you become a scientist, someday you might even get to explore one. Here's Lena with more about how underwater volcanoes form. Underwater volcanoes can form in three ways, when tectonic plates diverge, when tectonic plates converge, or over a hot spot. Underwater volcanoes usually form between two tectonic plates of oceanic crust, which is just a different way to say the ground that's underwater. At convergent plate boundaries, a process called subduction occurs, where one tectonic plate sinks under another one. As a sinking plate goes deeper into the Earth's mantle, it melts into magma. Every time the volcano erupts, the lava cools, forming basalt rock that hardens on a small mound and makes the volcano bigger and bigger. Some tectonic plates converge, but others diverge, right? Yes, an underwater volcano can also form when two tectonic plates separate or diverge. When this happens, the magma below the tectonic plates rises up through the space between the two plates. As the lava flows out, it cools down and forms a mid-ocean ridge that becomes new oceanic crust. Mid-ocean ridges can form some of the highest mountains and deepest canyons on Earth, but we don't usually see them because they are underwater. Submarine volcanoes can also form in the middle of a tectonic plate at what are called hotspots. Hotspots are places where the Earth's mantle or layer of rock between the crust and the core is hotter than usual. So rock melts and magma rises to the surface. The Hawaiian Islands is a chain of underwater volcanoes that formed from a hot spot in the middle of a Pacific plate. Did you know that Mauna Kea on the Big Island of Hawaii is the tallest mountain in the world? Its peak only about 13,796 feet above sea level, but more than half is hidden under the ocean surface, so it is actually about 33,500 feet tall. Mount Everest, which many people think is the tallest mountain, is only about 29,029 feet tall. Now you know how underwater volcanoes form, but what happens when they erupt? I can tell you more about that. Thanks, Mo. Some submarine volcanoes are explosive and blast steam, rock, and other debris above the surface. The ocean currents and the wind can carry the debris all over the world. Other submarine volcanoes are deep under the ocean and the runny lava slowly moves along the seafloor. We can sometimes see submarine volcanoes that blast out of the ocean, but we can't easily see the deeper ones that aren't very explosive. Scientists study submarine volcanoes and seamounts to help us learn about our planet and how it was formed. 
They explore in submarines, send remote control robots, and study images taken from satellites. We have learned a lot about all the volcanic activity under the oceans, but the eruptions are very hard to observe while they are happening. We often know about them because of the impacts they have. When an underwater volcano erupts, debris like ash, chunks of rock, and dead fish, yeah, dead fish, gross, I know, come out and float to the surface of the water. Eruptions can also cause tsunamis, which is a large wave or series of waves that can cause flooding and damage to animals, plants, humans, and buildings. Okay, so now you know how they erupt and how they form, but you might be wondering, what are some actual underwater volcanoes? Mo, I can tell you all about that. Most of the active volcanoes on Earth are underwater in the Ring of Fire. The Ring of Fire follows the boundaries of several tectonic plates making a U-shape around the Pacific Ocean. The Ring of Fire includes 75% of Earth's volcanoes and 90% of Earth's earthquakes occur on its path. We know a lot about volcanoes on land in the Ring of Fire, but we still have a lot to learn about submarine volcanoes. However, there are many well-known submarine volcanoes. Kavachi is a shallow volcano located in the Solomon Islands. It is one of the most active volcanoes in the southwest Pacific. Its first recorded eruption was in 1939 and has erupted more than 30 times since then. Kavachi has risen above the surface of the ocean before eroding back down multiple times since 1950. Axial Seamount is the most active submarine volcano in the northeast Pacific. It is located on the Juan de Fuca Ridge off the coast of Oregon. The last time Axial erupted was in 2015. Axial has erupted four times since 1976, but there is evidence that it has been erupting since the year 410. One of the most recent big submarine explosions was on January 15, 2022. A giant underwater volcano in the Pacific Ocean called Hunga Tonga Hunga Hapai erupted. The cloud of ash and dust was so big that it was seen from space. This set off tsunami warnings and caused rising water levels all across the Pacific Ocean. Here's Matilda with our final part of the show, plus a joke. So, the answer to the question, can a volcano be underwater, is yes. Not only do underwater volcanoes exist, most volcanoes in our cool planet are in fact underwater. Hey Paige, what did the hot sea volcano say to the cool sea volcano? Um, I don't know. What? You're too cool to be a submarine volcano. Now, we turn from volcanoes to another fascinating area in the world of Earth sciences. Aaliyah, age 9, in Washington State asked, How do crystals form? Hi, I am Gunnar. You might be surprised to know that diamond snowflakes have a lot in common. They are both the type of crystal. Crystals are any solid material in which the atoms are arranged in repeating patterns. Did you know that the graphite in your pencil, the salt in your food, and even the screen of your laptop are crystals too? Also, did you know that some crystals are almost as old as the Earth? Here's material with more on how crystals form. The process of crystals forming is called crystallization. Crystals form in two basic ways, cooling and evaporation. The most common way that crystals form is when magma deep within the Earth's crust cools and hardens and mineral-rich fluid separates out. Crystals can also form from water evaporating. For example, salt crystals form when salt water evaporates. The reason these all result in crystals forming is because they all form three-dimensional repeating patterns. Kiana, can you tell us more about the patterns? 
Crystals are beautiful and amazing formations that hold many mysteries inside them. But what actually causes them to form? Most people already know that crystals are formed from liquids cooling and hardening, but atoms are actually a very important part of it. In the process of crystallization, atoms link together and form repeating patterns. As more atoms link together, the crystal gets bigger. Different types of atoms will form different patterns and unique shapes. There are seven basic shapes that crystals form. Cubic, trigonal, triclinic, orthorhombic, hexagonal, tetragonal, and monoclinic. And every crystal has a distinct pattern of atoms. For example, salt crystals form a cube shape, and snowflakes are six-point star-like crystals. Every crystal's size, shape, and structure depend on the atoms present and other conditions, including the amount of heat and pressure present and how deep inside the crust the crystal is forming. Atoms are a key part in crystal formation, even though they might not always get the credit. You're right, Kiana. Those atoms do deserve more credit. The crystals they form can be used in so many different ways. One way is through a crystal oscillator that is found in circuit boards. The crystal oscillator uses the electric charge in the crystal to create an electric signal. These crystal oscillators are what make many of our technological devices work, like televisions, computer screens, cell phones, and radios. Radios made in the 1890s had quartz crystal in them that helped the radio frequencies reach the listeners. Crystals are also used in wristwatches to keep track of time and compasses because some crystals are magnetic. Crystals are very cool because they are used in a lot of different things and look different in each use. But don't go hunting for crystals in your TV because that will break it. Also, you won't actually find any crystals in there because TV screens are made with liquid crystals that technically aren't crystals because they're liquid. Well, in summary, here's Gunner. In summary, crystals are any solid or semi-solid that has atoms that are arranged in repeating patterns. The main ways crystals are formed is when magma cools and hardens or when water evaporates. Atoms form repeating patterns that make every type of crystal unique. Crystals have many important uses in our world and have played an important role in the development of technology that most of us use every day. That's a wrap on this episode, friends. Thanks so much for joining us on this special edition of the Ask Dr. Universe podcast featuring fourth grade scientists at Palouse Prairie Charter School. And a big thanks to Northwest Public Broadcasting for helping us record, and to Dr. Julie Menard at Washington State University for fact-checking the science. We are grateful for the helpful and informative resources from NASA, USGS, NOAA, the Smithsonian, and universities all around the world. You can find a list of our resources in the transcript. As always, kids can submit science questions at askdrunivers.wsu.edu. That's A-S-K-D-R-U-N-I-V-E-R-S-E dot wsu dot edu. Who knows where your questions will take us next. <laughs>